Boss Man Show. Uh, we're talking to Murray Garvin, coach of the South Carolina State Bulldogs, Orangeburg, South Carolina, out of the media conference. Coach, how are you and your family doing, man? Well, uh, we're, we're doing good. We're hanging in there. You know, uh, COVID has uh, given us all a little bit of extra time, just like you were talking about with our families. And, uh, you know, I've definitely taken advantage of that. But, you know, my daughter's back to school even though it's virtually and it's online. My oldest daughter is a junior at uh, Florida State. So she's in Tallahassee and my wife, uh, she teaches uh, here in the local school district and they have to be in the building even though the students aren't back. So it's almost back to normal, almost back to normal, um, whatever that new normal may be. Now, because I'm asking this, um, I know around my birthday was March 11th and it was everything kind of went went crazy. And I know you was probably in Norfolk at the MEAC tournament. So how was that for you and your team, uh, you know, with that going down, trying to play play to get into the, to the NCAA tournament, all of a sudden everything gets canceled. How was that for you and your team? Well, it, it was – it affected us a little bit different, boss. You know, we uh, we had just lost the night before, okay, that the tournament was canceled. Uh, there wasn't even any rumors the night that we played that the tournament could possibly be canceled. So our team was actually already on their way back to South Carolina. Now, this is how it kind of changed things up for us. We were on spring break, oh, wow. okay? I haven't seen my team since before spring break. Wow. <laughs> because once it was... Uh, once COVID hit, we extended spring break, so they ended up not coming back. And then we canceled the remainder of the semester. So I haven't seen my basketball team since that night in the locker room at the MEAC tournament. And that's not the way that we want to leave things. So we're looking now at September, and I still haven't laid eyes on my guys yet. And uh, how tough has that been for you as a coach? Cause, and you were probably their father figure for a lot of those guys. You're like their second dad almost. And they're, some of them, their actual dad because who you are to them and their stature. So how's it been trying to keep them motivated, keep them engaged with the schoolwork and get them from being on campus, being a virtual learner and kind of keep their, 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 their hopes up and their morale together because, you know, this whole thing has hit us all differently. And how's it just been for you and your guys? Well, yeah, a lot of prayer, man. A lot of prayer, a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of group meet text messages, a lot of individual phone calls. You got to do whatever you have to do right now. You know, our athletes here at South Carolina State, they're not scheduled to come back to campus until September the 17th. So we're about a week and a half, almost two weeks away from having them back on campus. And, you know, that will be an adjustment once they get here you know, with all the protocols that you have in place and how you have to basically ease back into physical activity. So, you know, the thing about it and what gives me comfort is everybody's dealing with it. There's no certain way. Uh, if you talk to 10 coaches, like you probably have, there's probably eight different ways that they're managing this. Most definitely. But the number one thing, it's gotta be communication. You have to communicate. You got that right, Coach. And I know uh, with those guys being back home, um, you probably want to get them some 
so keep them some kind of shape, but you know you can't really – everybody's different, home set up differently. So how do you and your strength coach go about trying to get those guys different workouts, keep them kind of semi-quasi in shape when you can not matter have a bed get to a hoop or you may not get to a gym? Or, how is that for you guys, trying to get, keep the guys somewhat in some kind of basketball rhythm when you try to get them back here in a couple of weeks here? Well, you, you know, you stress it all the time over Zoom that you need to be doing something. Our strength coach is outstanding. He's got them on a regimen. They got to log in and he holds them accountable for the work that they do weekly. But something that has also transpired is the fact that you're back in classes now. Okay. See, before classes started, you had more of an open schedule. So now you got to manage your class schedule, uh, your workout schedule, your strength and your conditioning schedule. And now it's almost like you're a college athlete, what you would normally deal with without the structure that you would mm -hmm. normally have. So I know I'm not getting my hopes up too high. <laughs> I know that when they walk in here, we're going to have some work to do. And who knows what that window of opportunity will be because the decision hadn't been made if we're going to scoot our season back. I think uh, it's common knowledge that our season may be delayed by a couple of weeks, maybe. You know, the NCAA has put out a couple of different proposals. From what I'm hearing, you know, it looks like we may end up starting November the 25th, you know, which is a two-week delay, but it will help programs like myself because our team hadn't been on campus. You got there, right, and I feel like I'm also worried about you guys, Coach, because I know – in the MEAC, the SWAC, the smaller D1 conference, you have to play guarantee games. And, the, and those are tricky. And those contracts, I've seen some of them from the high majors because I know some of the coaches, they're, they're, not, they're not pretty for you guys with the whole, hey, if we have fans of this, if we don't, it's this. So raising money for the university, which you have to do for men's, men's basketball, football, and women's basketball, the revenue sports, fun of everybody else. How's it been trying to schedule games to get stuff going? Because you don't really know if you have a non-conference schedule based on, like you said, it getting pushed back to Thanksgiving and maybe beyond, depending on where, where states are. Right. You know, so the contracts this year have what they call a COVID clause. Okay. You know, if something happens with COVID, this is what we do. This is what we'll be liable for. This is what we won't be liable for. How many times are your athletes being tested prior to the day of competition? I mean, there's a lot of stipulations in these contracts this year. And it's something until you know an answer, you don't know necessarily how to handle that, you know. So all that we can do as a staff is try to get out in front uh, and communicate with teams that may have to cancel and reshuffle their schedule. We've already touched base with some programs saying, hey, if we're delayed two weeks, we may lose two or three games. You know, we'd be interested in scheduling with you. And that's really all you can do for right now is just reach out to programs and tell them you'd be interested in if our schedule has to be reshuffled, that we'd like to get in the picture with them. Uh, the guarantee money, man, that is something that is going to change the landscape of uh, college athletics, period. You know, everybody knows that that opening weekend, you know, some teams would bring in close to $100,000 in guarantee games. Uh, just in that one weekend, you know, mm -hmm. that opening night, November the 10th, you know, which is uh, in the middle of the week now. But those are major paydays for a lot of programs. 
And if you lose that date, I don't believe that you're going to be able to recoup that money later in the season. It's just not going to be there. For one, if schools are not allowing fans to come to games, you know, that's a major part of their revenue. So if you have no fans, uh, it's going to be hard to recoup that money. So it's going to be an interesting time to see how programs, our level, adapt to really what the new normal is as far as guarantee games and the availability of them. Now, since to it, Coach, you know, I, I went to Tennessee State. You was in the OVC. You, you, you East Kentucky. You know how he's in OVC. Uh, Tennessee State makes money off the football team. No classics to play this year. And then, you know, made no guarantee games. So I know how the resources were in my university, how they tight they were. I know how it is in the media comes from certain schools. So I'm worried for you guys because it's just that big unknown. And I know from being in HBCU that you it's needed to cover everything else for everybody else. That's the part that really scares me. Right, right. And, you know, and that's why I'm happy that a lot of uh, conferences have reintroduced football in the spring. Um, you know, that'll give us the opportunity to recoup some of the money that may be lost from no football games. It may not be the guarantee money, but it's one of those things that off a home football game, I know here, you know, you collect a couple of, you can collect a couple of coins off a home football game. And we're hoping that in the spring that there's some uh, way that COVID is uh, kind of, I don't know, you know, you hear about this vaccine. We got to be careful about that. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully we'll be able to play football in the spring, man, and get some fans in the stands and get some ticket stubs, you know, <laughs> to help the loss that we have. I, I can speak to it from the NBA perspective with the Atlanta Hawks here in town. Like, you know, that's my main thing is the Atlanta Hawks. And they're, 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 gonna, they're trying to delay as long as they can to see if they can get fans in the arena because the NBA makes most of the money off the gate in their concessions. Unlike football, with the TV money. In NBA, it's, it's people coming to the arena. And so for me, I have no idea what that looks like for me. Whether I be doing the team via Zoom or be at the arena, I have no idea, but I'm just kind of like you, waiting in, in, in that right, man, see where we're going to do. You know, for, but for me, I'm not open to the bubble because, you know, the bubble's a different story for me. I got to be able to move around. So, but I get you, coach. You know, it's just, it's just real tricky for everybody involved in the game of basketball and sports. Right? We just don't know because the virus is going to tell us what's going to happen pretty much. Uh, absolutely. You know, right now we are not in control, boss. We're not in control. We just gotta <laughs> right, and we just got to hold on, man. Now, now Coach, I know been for me since I've since George Floyd got murdered and right in the model, I buried Brown Taylor and Rachel right here in my backyard here in Georgia, man. I've been talking more about the social justice piece of it. So how have you handled that with your team, being an HBCU school with a lot of young black men on your wild trying to help them understand what's going on in, in, in this world and how we, we want is equality. To not to feel like everywhere we go, we, it could be our last. We, we can come next hashtag, we could be hashtag JRJ, hashtag Murray, whoever. Because once you take off my Atlanta Hawks gear, your South Carolina State gear, we're just two black men in America. And helping your team understand that as well, that we have to really move a little differently. But we will still want to achieve equality for all across the board. Well, I think it's important, you know, I do believe that coaches have a unique position. You know, we influence more people in a year than most people do in a lifetime. And a lot of times our kids come from diverse backgrounds. And even though we may have the same skin tone here 
at South Carolina State. They're still, I have kids that are from the suburbs. I have kids that are from the inner city. I have kids that are from the country. You know, so we all got different dynamics um, coming into it. I've just tried to be upfront and open with them. We've given them the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, one of the most interesting team meetings that we had is I had a local uh, sheriff's deputy come on our Zoom meeting and talk to our guys about how to handle a traffic stop. Now, it's unfortunate that you have to do that, but not having them here, one of my biggest fears, it was going to be one of my guys. And, you know, and I do believe it's our responsibility to educate the whole person, not just the basketball side of it. Uh, and our program is bigger than basketball. And we have to be upfront. We have to be honest. We have to have real conversations. And I tell them grown men have tough conversations. And if we don't have those tough conversations, I'm not sharpening them for life after basketball and life after South Carolina State. So with those um, social injustices, man, you know, I, I'm in conversation about it every day because this is something that really, really affects me and it inspires me to do more, uh, not only in my community, but in my own household with my basketball program and with friends and family as well. And something that I don't want us to miss is while we're caught up on uh, the murder and the espionage and what our government isn't doing and the voting, we can't miss that there's still 134 federal judges that's been appointed and none of them are people of color. We can't miss that the census is being defunded and kind of shut down early. So that will have a long-term effect on the representation that we have in our governments. We can't miss that the mail fraud is going on and how the election is somewhat being hijacked and no one is really gonna have faith that it's legitimate because all the propaganda that's being put out there. So while we're also defending our right to live just as black men, we also gotta pay attention to what's going on, man, because there's a lot of us that, you know, they're playing chess and some of us are playing checkers. And we can't let the news shape our activity. You know, uh, old wise saying is the person who controls your information controls your uh, actions. We can't let CNN and Fox News determine our relationships, man. And we got to get out here and we got to talk to each other. We got to interact with each other. We got to have real conversations, not just with people that look like us, but people that don't look like us. Because no relationship, like this interview wouldn't work if we didn't communicate, right? Correct. Our society will not function if we don't communicate. So we can't close ourselves off and we got to make ourselves available. And as you can tell, man, I got strong feelings about all that. <laughs> hey, so do I, man. You know, KK Coach, I would be real with you because I'm a real guy. Since I've been talking about this, this stuff you've been discussing, I've lost four sponsors because I don't, I don't care because it's for the right reasons. If you want to feel, if you want to leave me now, that's fine. That shows me who you are because when I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks, the Braves, and the Falcons, it's all good. But I discuss real issues that affect me and my people and my my life. If you leave me, I might. We don't, I didn't need you in the first place because you don't believe in equality and what we fight for is diversity and inclusion and it falls. So if you don't believe in that. I don't need your on my sponsorship to me anyway. So, Coach, I've had it hit me in the pocket, but it's all good because 
I know I'm doing this for, for the greater good. It's bigger than, 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 the, than the boss man shows, bigger than JR. This is about us as people in this country. Absolutely. And I got nothing but respect for you making that sacrifice because a lot of it is we're going to have to get uncomfortable, man, to move this thing forward. And you're going to make other people uncomfortable. And it's unfortunate that you're not asking for more than what you earned or what you deserve. And that's the part that kind of floors me. We ain't asking for more than what we're willing to work for, but just give us the fair opportunity. And it's hard to believe that some people got an issue with that, man. So keep fighting a good fight, brother. You got an ally in Orangeburg. I appreciate what you do for HBCUs and getting our product to the masses. And, you know, I also want to send a big shout out to CP3, man. Even though he didn't wear no South Carolina State gear, um, HBCU's got something to say, man. And we're out here producing more doctors, lawyers, and engineers, and attorneys, and you name it, judges, generals, and a lot of people don't know our story. And I'm really blessed to be here at South Carolina State, and we're going to keep pushing the envelope, man, and we look forward to a fantastic basketball season, however it may look. <laughs> Exactly. You know what, Coach? It was great to see Robert Covington from my school, TSU, Tennessee State University, out there playing against CP3. You know, it was great to see that because, you know, it shows that, hey, HBCU players are good players because it helps your guys give them confidence to say, if if I play the, if I have the skill and talent, they'll see me. And look think about in the NBA coach, a lot of top players are mid-major players. They weren't power five guys, like Damian Lillard, McCollum. A lot of these guys, Paul George, a lot of these guys, Kawhi Leonard. These guys were not power five guys. They were mid-major guys who made something the players and now making a great career in the NBA right now. Absolutely. And if you're good enough, you they'll find you. Uh, the world is much smaller with social media and what we can do as far as uh, viewing games from around the world, you don't have to be there anymore, or you're just not reading the box score the next day in the local newspaper, man. This thing, um, the internet, man, has made it a much smaller planet, and you can be found, and, you know, I'm excited about the young man that chose to go to Howard. You know, I think that's going to bring more, more notoriety to HBCU basketball, and once he makes it, I think it's going to open up the opportunities for others. So it's a great time to be a coach at a historically black university and college. And I just can't, um, I just want COVID to move over, man, because I think this is a breakout year for the MEAC. I think it's a breakout year for HBCU basketball. And I feel like the interest is at an all-time high. Yes, indeed, because, you know, if I, I, through, through bad things, we've spot has been put on the HBCUs and how now a lot of people now want to go and say, I want to get taught by my own people. I've been told that by a lot of people, I want to go to HBCU now. I was, I'm glad because it, it's a great experience because I know for me, going to Tennessee State changed my life forever. You know, it made me see something different ways. I'm learning about how to be a man for people who look like me and could know my, what I was going to deal with down the road. And I feel like that's why when guys go, go to HBCUs, they're set up because you are, I can follow, I, my coach would make like a father, father for me. I have my father still, but they all saw my all my coaches this day, like Frankie Allen, all those guys, you know, Sal Alexander, all those guys still I got to talk to, you know, because of the experience of TSU. So I feel like, you know, when you have a great coach involved, a great man to lead a group of young men, Coach Garvin, guys will always remember that and they'll keep paying it forward that way as well. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. And you interacted with some legends in college basketball, man, with Coach Alexander and Frankie Allen. Those guys are as good as gold. And, you know, I've had interaction with them over the last couple of months. I actually had Coach Alexander talk to our team last season, you know, just about what it takes to win a championship. And so he's an outstanding individual and a legend here at South Carolina State. So, you know, you, we always got to tap into those resources. Again, a coach influences more people in one year than most people do in a lifetime, man. And you know this as well as I do. A young man or a young lady involved in athletics will go home to their mom and dad who is fed, clothed, and gave them shelter and share these two words. Coach said. Yes. Yes, indeed. I'll never forget, man, my oldest daughter, she was playing volleyball and she came in and I was trying to tell her something she needed to do. And she uttered those words back to me. She said, coach said, and I was like, whoa. So we as coaches got to take responsibility for what we've been blessed to do. And that's to lead the next generation. And right now it's an important time for coaches to step up and realize this thing is bigger than basketball. And the next generation is supposed to benefit from me and you being here. And that's what I'm dead set on doing. And in the meantime, we're going to win some basketball games, man. We, we're going to do what we hired to do, but we can't forget about our true purpose. And it was funny because I know Will Jones at a and I knew him as a GA at TSU on the coach side. It's like seeing him now in, in, in the MEAC now. I know going to the Big South, but, you know, uh, he's at and I'm like, I knew him when he was a GA, you know. So just seeing guys I've known, and Penny, Penny Collins, another guy who I've known for years, and the coach since he stayed. So it's like seeing guys who, I, who are in my age group who I've known for years get jobs, coaches, it just tells me well, what this business can be for a lot of guys in our, in our position. Yeah, I, I'm really happy for Will. I cheer for him about 362 nights out of the year. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I get you on that. <laughs> I'm for him about 362 nights out of the year, man. So, you know, I'm happy for those guys and Penny Collins, the outstanding job and how he's growing Tennessee State basketball. Uh, I watch from afar of what they're doing. You know, and, and again, this thing is about to explode. And, uh, you know, I hope that we're able to get back to the season and get some cameras in our gym and, you know, ESPN come in and, you know, look at the rivalry games again. Uh, they, they get Howard on TV. They get South Carolina State on TV, A&T and Central and Norfolk State and all the other teams in the MEAC, man. Well, we got something to say, man. I feel like uh, Andre 3000 at the Source Awards. HBCU's got something to say, man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> hey, and yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm 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 be pushing it for you, Coach. You know, I, I'm an I'm, I'm HBCU grab, as I told you. So I'm going to be pushing banging the horn for you guys as well because you all need the coverage now. And I cover you all for the right reason, not because something bad happens. That, that part gets me too, Coach. I ain't going to cover HBCU when something bad happens or something's not going right. So, no, I want to cover you for the right reasons, give you your platform for a positive, positive reason, not because clean, clean up some, some mess after some supposedly it went down and they don't want to report on. Right, right. And, and we appreciate that. And we know who those guys are that do that for the wrong reasons. And, you know, man, if it's righteous, it's going to always come through. Good always overcomes evil. You know, so I'm full right now, Jay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm cool, man. My faith is stronger than it's ever been, and I'm excited, man. And again, I thank you for the opportunity to share with you and the show uh, to talk about some of my guys, maybe, if you want to get into that. You know, oh, I was gonna ask you about your guys. Actually, it was my next, next question. You gotta let me to my next points. <laughs> you kind of read my mind because <laughs> I was about to go there and ask you about some of the guys we should watch out for this year on, on your team that you're looking forward to some big years from. Right. Well, I mean, I'm really excited about our team. Now, we did graduate a lot of guys, man. We graduated a lot of players: Damani Applewhite, Ian Kiner, Sante uh, Fields, Shawnee Riley, Zach Sellers. You know. We graduated about seven seniors, and five or six of them were in our top, you know, top echelon on our roster. So this year we got a lot of new guys. Uh, this is now I don't know if you've heard this from other coaches, man, but with COVID, we didn't have to go as far. I mean, we couldn't go. We couldn't yeah. go. So. Man, we've signed kids from California. I got a kid from Canada coming in here. I got a kid from my aunt, two kids from South Florida. Matter of fact, three kids from South Florida. So we kind of spread our wings with our recruiting effort, and we went after the best possible players from all across the country and, I guess, in North America. Uh, we got a 6'10 kid named Majak Madal that is coming from Saskatchewan, Canada, by way of Frank Phillips Junior College that was an all-conference player out there. Another kid coming from Oakley, California, Pittsburgh, California, by the name of Brandon Manning, that averaged about 20 points a game in junior college out there. We got a big man, 6'10", coming from Miami, Florida, um, by way of Cuba, named Sebastian Guillotin. You know, um, we have the North Carolina High School leading scorer in 1920, averaged 35 points a game in high school, and then went to Moravian Prep, another young man named Themis Folks that we're really excited about coming into the program. And then we got a few returners, you know, uh, a few returners that are coming back that we look to step into a more prominent role. So I'm excited about our roster. Uh, you know, again, we just got to get by COVID. Right now, our top defender, man, the defensive player of the year is COVID-19. You got that right. <laughs> and I was going to ask you about the virtual recruiting. Is that something you're going to keep doing? I know you want to probably see guys face-to-face, -face, but I think it's helping you. I, tell, I don't think about this from a financial perspective, but budget-wise, it helps you to get on Zoom and show a guy the campus via a Zoom tour, you know, talk to him about the campus. So you can really spread your wings via the Zoom now. You don't really have to fly out there or have them fly yeah. – come on and visit for the ready entry to come on and visit. So do you think you right. still use Zoom going forward, Coach Garvin, to kind of get guys to come in there? I, I think it's going to be here for at least the next year, Coach. You know, I, I think it's going to be here for the next year. Uh, we already got a commitment from another kid out in California for 2021, and he didn't visit. We did a virtual visit. Uh, we had an in-home visit on Zoom, and – we had his coaches on Zoom, his mom, his aunt, his family. We put a video together to show him South Carolina State. You know, again, the internet has made this world a smaller place. And, you know, it comes down to personalities anyway. Most definitely. Uh, the mom was comfortable with my philosophy and my coaching staff. I was comfortable with her uh, upbringing or her son and his talent level. So, you know, it, it's real about these kids having a higher interest in HBCUs, especially out in California. 
you know, they are dying to get to HBCUs in the South, man. And I think a lot of it has to do, well, I know the majority of it has to do that you can be who you are. And when you walk into the classrooms, a lot of the professors will look like you. And down the hallways, you're going to see pictures of prominent people that look like you. And that's empowering. You know, uh, when you're in an accounting class and all the 35 other students are uh, students of color, you know what I mean? People of color. And you're, you're comfortable in that environment. So I think the interest level is at an all-time high. And once we get these guys in here, you know, I don't see it going nowhere. Uh, I really don't. I really don't. So, yeah, your guys going to love Orangeburg because I've been there a couple of times. So I know how it is up there, man. Like, you know, I love the college towns, CU towns, man, because it's just so like you feel like you're at home. Like, you know, I'm from Atlanta, but like, hey. When I go to Owensburg, or I go to Central up there, I can go to Bethune, to Daytona. Like, I feel like these are my people. You know what I'm saying? I can just be myself. I don't have to worry about nothing. So, yeah, Coach, like I said, the MEAC has great towns for, for college towns for kids as well, man. Your, your guys going to really love it. And I'm glad you guys can, you know, do the virtual game, expand your wings that way because you can get guys from California to come out here. Because, like you said, you want to be around people just who you're comfortable with. And I feel like that's good for them, for them to get that experience because like, people going to actually care for them for them, not just, you know, it's not an entertainment piece or a, a money piece, per se, as <laughs> like you wear somewhere else in, in college basketball, maybe. Absolutely. Now, Coach, I, and I know last one I got for you is I know you talked talk about is getting you guys registered to vote. I know it's a big Senate race in South Carolina with Jamie Harrison. I know it has to make you and your, and your school feel good knowing the guy like Jamie Harrison with humble upbringings is running for that Senate seat out there and then maybe can enact some change with him as well, Coach. Oh, I, I, absolutely. You know, um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shift in the atmosphere. And, you know, we're excited about it. We saw at the Democratic Convention, Jamie Harris actually uh, gave the nomination to Biden on our campus. Oh, wow. Uh, North Carolina State, man. Uh, I got a picture that I'm hoping, you know, that those guys are successful because I got a picture with my youngest daughter and Kamala Harris. Because when she was running for president, all the politicians come through here, man. All of them. Barack Obama's been here. Uh, all of them come through, and all of them come through South Carolina State. As you know, uh, the majority whip, Jim Clyburn, is an SC State graduate. You know, that, he's one of the highest ranking officials in the Democratic Party. So this is a hub that come election time, man, everybody comes through. And, um, you know, we're going to take November the 3rd off and we're, we're already, I think we're at about 90% registered to vote on our team. Uh, we got a deadline coming up that everyone has to be registered to vote by the time they get here in mid-September. And they also have to know their process to vote absentee uh, since they will be out of town during the election. You know, guys in California ain't going to be able to go back to California. And my guys from South Florida, they're going to be here in Orangeburg. So We've challenged them to understand the process of what they need to do. And we're going to actually vote as a basketball team. And we're pushing for 100% participation there because this election is crucial. I told them, I really don't care who you vote for. That's not my business. But you need to participate in the process. And that's what we're really pushing for. 
I've been doing the same thing here, Coach. You know, here in Georgia, we have an issue of votes suppression here in Georgia. Probably some kind of same kind of thing goes on in South Carolina as well. And I'm like, look, if you just look at our governor and suing our mayor over a mass mandate, I should tell you all you know about what you need to do. Because, you, uh, you know, I have asthma. I have elderly, my dad and my uncle in my home. So I'm not trying to kill them either. You know, so it's like we need, yeah. to, we, we need to definitely take it serious because Local elections matter, not just the federal, but local is really going to affect you every, every day in the state. So we got to really hone in on I'm trying to use that as much well, Coach, and I got to – I'll try to get my 501c4 together so I can get that going. So I want to definitely use my platform in that way is to help all people. So, I'm Coach, I'm trying my best every way I can to make sure that I can, in that goodness in this world, make, make the world a better place using what the Lord has blessed me with. And keep on blessing people as well for what he's blessed me with, with the platform of this show and, and beyond. Absolutely. Well, I got nothing but respect for that. And that's what we got to continue to do as men, point blank, period. You know, I don't want to go too biblical on you, but I will tell you this. Uh, we're all familiar with the story of Adam and Eve in the garden when that fruit was ate, right? Mm-hmm. Genesis 3.9, the good Lord said, Adam, where are you? I truly believe right now he's saying, Adam, where are you? And he's talking about men. Men got to step up and take responsibility for what's going down in the garden. So, you know, that's my scripture for today. Hey, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need it. Hey, look here. We're all about it over here, man. We need all the encouragement we can get from the good book, Coach, because I'll tell you, it can help us, help us now roll. We have a head for, for sure, Coach. Yeah, I, and again, I thank you for the opportunity to share with your show and with your listeners, and I'm always a phone call or DM away, and we can get together anytime, and I look forward to coming back in the near future. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, I hope that I can get up there real soon, man, and see you guys, or if you're in Atlanta recruiting, if you get on the road, let me know. Uh, we'll definitely make, I'll make time for you for sure, Coach. I, I got you back, man. Okay, I appreciate it, man. Be safe out there. Thank you. As folks, it's Murray Garvin, him the boss man show people. Great interview with Coach right there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.